their forelegs broken, pushed over into the shallow water. It was all a pleasant business. My word, yes, a most pleasant business. Chapter One Everybody was drunk. The whole battery was drunk going along the road in the dark. We were going to the champagne. The lieutenant kept riding his horse out into the fields and saying to him, I am drunk, I tell you. Oh, vieux. Oh, I am so soused. We went along the road all night in the dark, and the adjutant kept riding up alongside my kitchen and saying, You must put it out. It's dangerous. It will be observed. We were fifty kilometers from the front but the agent had worried about the fire in my kitchen. It was funny going along that road. That was when I was a kitchen corporal. Indian Camp At the lake shore, there was another rowboat drawn up. The two Indians stood waiting. Nick and his father got in the stern of the boat, and the Indian shoved it off, and one of them got into row. Uncle George sat in the stern of the camp rowboat. The young Indian shoved the camp boat off and got into row Uncle George. The two boats started off in the dark. Nick heard the oarlocks of the other boat quite a way ahead of them in the mist. The Indians rowed with quick, choppy strokes. Nick lay back with his father's arm around him. It was cold on the water. The Indian who was rowing them was working very hard, but the other boat moved further ahead in the mist all the time. Where are we going, Dad? Nick asked. Over to the Indian camp. There's an Indian lady very sick. Oh, said Nick. Across the bay, they found the other boat beached. Uncle George was smoking a cigar in the dark. The young Indian pulled the boat way up on the beach. Uncle George gave both the Indians cigars. They walked up from the beach through a meadow that was soaking wet with dew, following the young Indian who carried a lantern. Then they went into the woods and followed a trail that led to the logging road that ran back into the hills. It was much lighter on the logging road as the timber was cut away on both sides. The young Indian stopped and blew out his lantern, and they all walked on along the road. They came around a bend, and a dog came out barking. Ahead were the lights of the shanties where the Indian bark peelers lived. More dogs rushed out at them. The two Indians sent them back to the shanties. In the shanty nearest the road there was a light in the window. An old woman stood in the doorway holding a lamp. Inside, on a wooden bunk, lay a young Indian woman. She had been trying to have her baby for two days. All the old women in the camp had been helping her. The men had moved off up the road to sit in the dark and smoke out of range of the noise she made. She screamed just as Nick and the two Indians followed his father and Uncle George into the shanty. She lay in the lower bunk, very big under a quilt. 
Her head was turned to one side. In the upper bunk was her husband. He had cut his foot very badly with an axe three days before. He was smoking a pipe. The room smelled very bad. Nick's father ordered some water to be put on the stove, and while it was heating, he spoke to Nick. This lady's going to have a baby, Nick, he said. I know, said Nick. You don't know, said his father. Listen to me. What she is going through is called being in labor. The baby wants to be born, and she wants it to be born. All her muscles are trying to get the baby born. That is what is happening when she screams. I see, Nick said. Just then the woman cried out. Daddy, can't you give her something to make her stop screaming? asked Nick. No, I haven't any anesthetic, his father said. But her screams are not important. I don't hear them because they're not important. The husband in the upper bunk rolled over against the wall. The woman in the kitchen motioned to the doctor.